Sleepy's tone had been conciliatory, but Chuck could barely contain his anger. We don't need your permission to fish here. Then how come you got your hands in the air like a scared son of a bitch? That remark brought a giggle from the younger brother. For some reason, his good humor was especially frightening. The older brother's surly attitude seemed more in keeping with the situation. The younger one's laughter was the behavior of someone whose next action could not be predicted. Still lying flat in the cottonwood shade, Bill asked, Either of you fellas work with a slash nine? What the hell's it to you? The older brother asked. I know this is slash nine country, Bill answered, in a voice far too cheerful to belong to a man with a gun pointed at him. And I thought you boys might be with their outfit. We don't work for nobody, the younger man said hesitantly. Just thought I'd ask, Bill said. My old man rides with a slash nine. You know him? Cal Sidey? Never heard of him, the older man said, but it didn't matter. Bill's willingness to name himself had made him impossible to kill. The brothers spat out a few more threats. Don't ever wet a line along this stretch of river or you'll find yourself face down in the water. Any fish you caught, leave them on a stringer. They're ours now. But their venom had lost its potency, and they soon sent Bill and his friends on their way. Later, back in Gladstone, after Bill, Chuck, and Sleepy told others about their run-in, they learned about the Hanlon brothers, owners of a small ranch that shared some fence line with a slash nine. The Hanlons had a reputation not only for being maniacally territorial, but also for black-hearted meanness. Rumor had it they had once cut the balls off an Indian and left him in a ditch, possibly to bleed to death. Chuck swore that he would return to that span of the river and have his revenge on the brothers. Maybe on his first furlough, he'd load up a truck with Gladstone's toughest men, and they'd give the Hanlons the beatings they deserved. Chuck McMahon was not inclined to bluster or boast. That he never followed through on his vow had nothing to do with a lack of courage or resolve, and everything to do with the fact that he left most of his right leg on an island in the South Pacific. Bill never knew for certain if the mention of his father's name had anything to do with extricating him and his friends from their difficult situation. The Slash Nine was a huge outfit, and Bill's father was just one more hired hand, exactly what he had been since the day he left Bill and his sister when they were children. But Bill had invoked the Sidey name, and because he did, he has often wondered, did he save himself, or was it the father who saved the son? For that matter, back at his father's trailer... Was the son asking the father for help, or was the son trying to help the father? The sun has set, and darkness is leaping forth from inside the grove of cottonwoods and the thickets of sagebrush, snowberry, and chokecherry. Nighthawks are swooping invisibly overhead, their presence revealed only by their pink, pink calls. The river itself still shines, its surface somehow able to find light that has all but vanished from the sky. Bill reels in his line again, this time for good. He hooks the lure through the rod guide and begins the long walk back to his car. Why doesn't his father make his home in a spot like this, near fresh water, shade, and shelter from the wind? With heavier woods right over there, with a supply of blown-down and deadfall trees and limbs that would offer winter fuel. This is a site that Bill would choose, and solitude aplenty, if that's what a man wants.
but this is just one more useless observation about the difference between him and his father. If he keeps driving, he can pull into his driveway in no more than ten minutes. Nevertheless, Bill decides to pull off the road on top of one of the bluffs that overhang the city of Gladstone. He climbs out of the car and walks closer to the edge of the butte, accidentally kicking an empty beer can. He's sure there are more in the vicinity. He lights a cigarette. From this height, Bill can see the confluences, the Elk River, Willow Creek, the Northern Pacific Railroad line, and mile after mile of rolling grassland that led to the formation of a community down there in the first place. And in the middle of the panorama is the city itself, with its glowing, winking lights. He has a perfect view of the lights that, this year, spangle the night sky over Gladstone for the second time inside of three weeks. The exploding rockets, starbursts, and fountains leave a...